Hello, before the episode actually begins, you're going to notice that we did not run our sponsorship beforehand, and it's because I feel that this isn't our best episode. My temper got out of hand, and I don't like how that turned out when we released the episode anyways, um, but there will be no sponsorship on it, and we will do do our best to do better next time. I do apologize, but hopefully you enjoy what you can of the episode anyways. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whichever may be the case for you. Welcome to Trollcast Unknown. I'm our troll. I'm Tartarol. And this week, well, this episode, we are going to talk about something that is close to both of us. Near and dear to our hearts, because we have hearts. Well, some would say that. Others would say we're heartless bastards, but that's on them, not us. <laughs> so... What are we talking about this week? Today, we're going to discuss Dungeons and Dragons. Yep, a gaming system that's over 40 years old and has changed hands more times than, uh, I don't know, money at this point. I don't know. Uh, but, but it's so, been in good hands, at least, most of the time, unlike that eh, dollar bill that got put in the stripper's underwear. Nah. Yeah. Some could argue that. Depends. I mean, fourth edition exists. Uh, well, okay. Okay, so we don't really talk too much about fourth edition because it was fourth edition i mean look if you like fourth edition cool i didn't but it the was, majority of people didn't it was too it was too <laughs> much i mean it works great for neverwinter being in uh the mmo format which is what fourth edition was trying to compete against which was the video game jrpg uh rule sets and and appeal it just doesn't translate well to tabletop it's hard it, it, it is. It's hard because they're trying. They were trying to capture that audience that they were losing because of the rise of popularity of video games, but they just did it in a weird way. Weird way is one way to put it. They they just did it in a way that wasn't conducive to the business, appealing to the past players. Yeah, or enough to capture new players, which is why Pathfinder exists. Yeah, because Pathfinder is basically because people like math. Oh, God, don't get me started on the math of Pathfinder. <laughs> well, it's just 3.5 Well, yeah. I mean, D&D has always had some form of math. Right, but my... Even if it was the weird counting from negative to a positive to have mitigation of damage. And don't even get started on how you actually had to do shit in AD&D. That's kind of what I was talking about. Well, I know, but don't even, because that that... That was the DM's nightmare when you couldn't figure it out and the DM actually had to give you all the information. Well, yeah, you just scored. I did. I. I know, right? It was yeah. Hmm. So, we teach kids to play D and D. We run a youth league uh, program. Yes, for two years actually. It'll be two years next month. Yes, right. Two and years actually near our wedding anniversary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one cares about the wedding anniversary. People care about our wedding no, anniversary. No, only you care. I'm sure there are people that care. No. Yes. So Anyways. we run this program and we have a very simple goal with this project. And it may differ from the goal of the Most store people. and other people who would run a, a youth program. But for us, it's teach them how to play the game in a way that allows everyone to have fun and you don't need to be bogged down by rules. 
and that's really stems from the fact that we've learned that we can't use book modules. Well, yeah, well, we can't use the modules because some kids actually read them, read them, and and then know what's going to happen, and they metagame. Yeah, I. But could, they're kids, and I can't really yell at well, them I can't too much. Up. No, no. So to stop that, we just run custom campaigns, homebrew right. stuff. Right. Right. Which was very funny the first time because I had never thought of it until one of the kids at my one of my tables goes, "Hey, hey, we're on page thirty-seven, and you skipped something." And I was like, "Oh dear God!" Yeah, and then you also, but then you also have the other kid, the other type of kid who will memorize the rules and try to use the rules against you, which is actually quite funny. Well, because here's the thing, I I have my defense against that. Okay, and it's a twofold defense. What is it? It's the same defense you use. Uh huh. I pull up the quotes of Gary Fucking Gygax. Very, very much. You so. know. Fucking co-creator of Dungeons and Dragons, the guy who created the shit we're playing, and Jeremy Crawford, the guy who's current the shit we're guy playing. who writes the rules for this shit. And I go, hey, look, they say they don't care. Have fun. And that's always been what was more important. It Dungeon was Master fun. has final say. Yeah. The other, <laughs> I had to tell the, my table the other day. Um, I had a flat. I go, I am God right now at this table. My word is law. Law. I am the law. So yeah, it, it's one of those things that we had to find a way around it. So we end up with a lot of custom content. Dear God, a lot of custom content. Like it's to the point now where I don't prep ever at all. The only thing that I will prep is I will go. Okay, initial idea. I'm gonna do this. Like for instance, two weeks ago. I had to fill in for one of the tables uh, because they weren't going to be there. That's mm-hmm. fine. And I didn't want to interrupt the their flow game. of their story. But you needed to give the kids but something to do. But I had to, to do. do something. And I don't like running one shots because one shots are kind of straightforward and boring for the most part. Yeah. And I like ha- having something that's going to have an impact on them as players and their characters. Makes them think. Makes them step out of their comfort well, zone. Yeah. Stuff like that. So I have... Uh, a couple of just the prefabricated Pathfinder maps, because Pathfinder Paizo does make good maps. They do, and, and they're they do multiple packs, and they're pretty inexpensive. Well, multi packs are the double sided ones that yeah. have two different like dungeon types on it, and that's cool. So I have one that's like a rundown mansion, mm-hmm. three levels. It takes up both sides of the map, and so what I end up doing is. I just pulled this map out after ha- having them wander a void so that they w- stopped where they were in their main campaign and they reawoke back where they left off in their main campaign. This is always my favorite thing. You <laughs> disappear and reappear. It's Pretty all- much. And so they're wandering through this void and they come across this this rundown beat up mansion. And they're trying to figure out how to get in. I'm like, all oh, the doors are locked, whatever, blah, blah, blah. They check everything. I'm like, yeah, it's locked. They try to pick the lock. They fail. Or they just try to grab the door handle and force it open and get burned because of, you know, defensive spells. Yes. Well, they finally break in and they're uh, met by an imp who's like all pissed off because they broke down the door to his mansion. Yeah, never do that. Yeah, it's like, you know, have a little bit of manners. You know, you just go knock, knock, knock. Someone might answer the door. Which I've had to tell, I've, which is really funny because I've had to tell my kids multiple times, sometimes you the simple answers are the answers that you need to try. Exactly. How many times do we, I and mean, even as adult players, do we just go up to a door, try the door handle, and just proceed to try to beat it in? I shit on the floor. Without 
Oh, God. Not me. Not him. Players that I've had. Players that we've had. And when sometimes it just, you just need to knock on the door to see if someone answers. Exactly. And if someone answers and they're hostile, whoop their asses. Exactly. If they're not, have great conversation. Exactly. But never sit on the floor in front of the door. <laughs> I have had players do that before. Oh, the jail adult, cell, man. Adult Adult players. games. Adult games. We do. We, Thankfully, we, none of my kids have thought to defecate on the floors. I had an outlaw throwing up. Well, it's because you used to go throwing up, throwing up the free action. I was, well, I was just using the Chris Perkins uh, yeah, quote. And, yeah, okay. And you used it on people that you knew would abuse it. I'd, well, at that time, I didn't know they would abuse oh, it, bullshit. which is why I had out. This was at the very beginning. Now, I wouldn't say anything like that. Hell, I don't even remember what the full quote is. Uh, it's, talking is a free action, dying is a reaction, and throwing up is always a free action. Yeah, something like that. So, I'm running this thing, and I, each room was like a, had a different like kind of theme to it. The, top, the bottom floor was like a couple of imps, a mimic, and some uh, undead guys who were not hostile. They were not evil. The mimic was a chair, and if you sat in the chair, he would bite down on you, but he's just trying to get things out of your pack. I always thought that was funny. The two, uh, rot, uh, basically they're like zombie-type creatures or whatever, Rot Fiend and Rot Gut, would either lick or spit on you to heal you. That reminds me of my big orc character that would smack you to heal you, so it would do like a point of damage, but heal you for X amount. You mean my dragonborn character that I started doing that with? Well, I used it. That too. you took from me? I mean, our ideas meld into it together. Sometimes. No, it's called I have an idea, and then you steal it. It's not stealing; it's melding because no, we discuss nothing it's but D and D. Stealing in our life. it when I actively use it as a character thing. And then you take it for your games. That's called stealing. I can say that because I steal icons of the realm for my games every week. You do. I mean, how many Minsk and Boo figures did I have at one point? A lot. I had three. I'm down to one, but I had three. Well, no, we had two, and then I have the big one. I don't really use any icons of the realms. Because it's you. You uh, don't know them well enough because you don't read the books. I'm trying. No, you're not. I have given you all, literally every book I own. I know, and I have one. And you've read half of one. I read the full one of one of them, I think. Uh-huh. I'm pretty positive uh-huh. I did. I uh-huh. got a lot in my brain. Uh-huh. My brain's uh-huh. bigly. Uh-huh. 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 So anyways, so yeah, each room is different, and that's what I have to do. I have to, like, I don't plan. I have a... My base idea was they get pulled into a void. And from there, it's whatever pops into my head as we play. In your head and not your mouth. No. It goes in my head and out my mouth. That's what I said. In your head and not your mouth. No. It sounded like you said in your head, not your mouth. No. In your head, out your mouth. Because you talk fast. My bad, you. So, that's how we tend to run our D&D. I don't run the modules. I own the modules. Yes. But I don't run them. It's hard to I will steal I will I will option ideas out of them and take um like assets from there, like story arcs or characters that I can use here and there as needed, but I won't run a full campaign anymore. No. I would rather option and find stuff in the older editions, especially with the kids. Oh, that's a pain in the ass though. Well, moving it up, yes, to to fit into a three five, but I've got a pretty good I've gotten pretty good at that. But taking things from like um, 3.5 
and kind of moving it in ideas and monsters, especially monsters. They had some really nice monsters in 3.5. Yeah, they have the most of the same monsters in 5th edition if you look in the books. Yeah, but some of them just, I like them better, some of them. It might be just because, well, 3.5 is what I played a lot of, too, so. So that that's our you know, basics for when we have to deal with the kids. And for adults, if you're an adult player, don't try to ruin your DM. No. Like, that that's... Annoying. It's annoying on the DM's part, and it can be annoying for other players. Don't be that guy. Like, you can, like, try to get things past your DM, like, like see, like, test their limits, but don't actively try to destroy the campaign or destroy your d- Dungeon Master, because that's going to make them not want a Dungeon Master. Because they're doing you a favor by Dungeon Mastering for you. Exactly. A Dungeon Master is not doing it for themselves, unless they're the, the type of DM that we'll talk about later. But for the most part, a Dungeon Master is there for you. They're doing you a favor. They're dedicating time to run a game that you're probably going to try and fuck up and destroy. And they're taking time out of their day where they could be spending it with their family, doing work. Watching porn. No. What? People watch porn. I didn't say they did. Well, well you said no. Well. Just because you don't doesn't mean people don't. Look, what I do and don't do is not up for debate right now. Because it's, it's not a debate. You don't masturbate. Excuse me. I mean, you kind of outed yourself there before I even said a word. Yeah. You're fine. No. You're fine. I mean, I'm cute. I mean, it's not what I was saying, but okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> you walked into a D&D conversation is what you did, chat. Yeah. Pretty so, much yeah. Almost. It's, don't, don't be that kind of player. That sole purpose is to destroy the game or railroad the game or whatever. Because that falls into the same category of the dungeon master who puts it about them. Them. Oh. If you're a dungeon master, this game is not about you. This game is about creating a world and a narrative for for your your players to tell the story of their characters with the arcs and narratives and challenges that you put forth. And letting them narrate and drive the actual story is the most important part. Letting them giving you have your ideas, your well, that's how it works for me at least. Letting my players lead me into yeah. something. I let their ideas and their dice rolls dictate what happens in the game. It's bad enough when you deal with murder hobos and not people actual role playing. Yep. Yes. Exactly. And it's not all about killing everything. I tell every table I run, and I remind them various times throughout the run of their campaigns. Don't be a motor hobo. No, not even that. It's like, you don't have to solve every conflict with violence. Yes. You can absolutely bribe your way out, intimidate your way out, persuade your way out. Like, these skills exist for a reason. And this the beautiful part of it is that these are skills, especially with doing kids, that they don't realize they're learning. They're mm-hmm. They're learning these particular They're learning conflict skills. resolution. And it's important. It is. It's They're learning important. how to talk and how to figure out situations. Although, I, you know, we, we may not give them the hardest situations. You know, my favorite. Maybe thing. you don't. I threw my party against a Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. Okay, God yes. damn it. Yes, you did. <laughs> yes, you did. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about um the fact that I have to Google. Uh, 
okay, riddles look, for kindergartners to get adults my Adults don't get kindergartner riddles. No, they don't. Because they everybody who plays... Overthinks? Yeah. And anyone who who plays D&D overthinks and overanalyzes every situation to the point where they get it wrong. Because they they're overthinking it and not going for the simple solution. I always look for the simplest solution now. And I think it's just because I've been DMing so long that... Now I my brain has the tendency to just look for something simple. Yeah. Easy. Yeah, easy peasy lemon squeezy. Ten out of ten can confirm was there. <laughs> you were there. They couldn't figure out the, the kindergarten riddles. I had explained that recently to one of the kids. They were trying to come up with this really um elaborate door system for a game they're trying to run. And I looked at them and said, You can't even solve the riddles that I put out to my preschoolers. Do you honestly think that they're going to be able to solve this elaborate ass door combination lock? Nope. 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 Like, I don't even put complicated puzzles to adult players. No. Because it's just pointless. Like, I can go out and buy, like, a puzzle box, give it to a table and be like, hey, solve it and you get what's inside. And it could take them months before they actually figure it the fuck out. No, I don't do that because I don't got that kind of time to waste. I'll forget. And yeah, check for traps. Dude, it's a regular walkway. Exactly. It's like if there's no indication that there would be a trap here, whatever. Like, check, check once. Fine. Well, I, I had a player once who was so used to something in some video game that every, like, couple of steps, I check for a trap. Is it trapped? I check for a trap. I'm like, yeah. it's, 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 it's cool. You're in the blacksmith shop. There's no traps here. Oh, yeah. Except for the bear trap that's on the wall for sale. Don't touch it and you'll be fine. Or touch it. I mean... Well, no. No proper blacksmith is going to have an armed bear trap ready. I don't know. Yeah, obviously. But yeah, it's... I don't know, man. People are weird. Like I said... Like, I love playing D&D. I do. Well, I like... Well, not talking about... goddamn. Not talking about kids and getting out of the kids' games. Some of the fun stuff that's happened in our adult games is actually a little bit more funnier. Not really. No, but I mean... I mean, ooh, people shit on the floor. That's standard. Well, I always... I don't know what it is about playing games with adults and they're like, I want to shit on the floor. My adult games before we were together always ended up with something happened with milk. Well, again, because weird... Yeah, I never got it. I always thought it was great when you do something really stupid. So, yeah, when you do get to do st- uh, dumb things. Um, but, yeah, adult games are worse. They come up with the most stupid. Cr- exactly. They come up with dumb things to try and break the game. And I don't like that. I don't like playing with people like that. It's just not conducive to good games. You You need to be somewhat an adult when it comes down to actually playing your game Uh, there's just no way around it so for me there's two things i really can't stand players who try to break the game and not even so much dungeon masters who want to do the us versus them because i can play that game and i will win uh, aside from like hand finger of death uh from the gods but like dms who don't have that confidence in themselves to run their game and then will sit there and expect a fellow DM who just wants to be a player in the game 
to make their judgment calls for them. I, I don't like that. I've had more than one DM rely on players to be their co-DMs and not let them enjoy the player uh, role. So that's those are two of my biggest pet peeves. And no chat, you didn't break us. Something had to happen and Tar had to step away for a second, so it's me. And so yeah, it's when it comes down down to it, D&D is meant to be fun for for both sides of the table. And if you're not having fun as a player, you need to talk to your dungeon master and either step aside or come to a happy medium. If you're a dungeon master and you're not having fun, you need to tell your players. Especially if your players are the ones making you not have fun. So that's my take on it is you know just don't be a douche at the table whether you're dungeon master or player i mean just just don't be an ass you know have fun be confident in your decisions and you're good to go yeah so uh, that's just my take on it and with kids you have to not treat them like kids treat them like you would any other player Who's trying to learn the game? Because if you patronize them, it's not even about patronizing them. If you treat them like they don't, like they're not going to understand the game, you're going to teach them wrong. Yeah. First and foremost, you're going to teach them wrong, and then when they get older and go to play at a, you know, more adult table or a more mature table, they're going to find out that they were taught wrong, and then they're going to feel stupid and potentially quit. Yeah. Well, to me, as much as it's about staying within the bounds of everything, it's always always comes back to, are they having fun? Am I having fun? Yeah. Yeah, and it's like what I was touching on. If you're not having fun, you need to bring it up. So that you can either make the decision to step away from the table or find a solution within the realms of the table. Right. Which is sometimes hard because you, you would have yeah. multiple personalities You've always got multiple personalities at the table. And multiple ideas and multiple ways and multiple things that are being done. But there's always some way to compromise. Yep. Well, no, there's not always some way to compromise. Hopefully there's some way to always compromise. No, there's just not always going to be that that luxury. Yeah. Like more often than not, if there's a problem at the table, it needs to be removed. Yes. Whether it's a dungeon master or a player. Although in our adult games, we've been pretty lucky about not having... About, about not running into that. I will. Well, I no, will in an that. adult game, I'll just step away. Yeah. I'm just I, saying in the games that we've played in person, yeah. we've we've been pretty lucky. Yeah, you have. I've uh, The Roll20 games I've been in have just been absolute ass. Well, that's what I said, that's what I said in person. The one- I kind of consider Roll20 to be in person because you are talking with the people. I guess. You know, and you can have cameras running if you wish. True. But yeah, it's just, it's hard as a dungeon master to find a game because we have, as dungeon masters, a set expectation for what we want out of a game. I mean, I don't know if I have a set expectations other than having fun now. Well, no, I, I have expectations. I, I mean, I, I'm, I, I'm the same, but if, like, if I'm yes, doing... Yes, I want to have fun. If I'm doing the adults, I don't want isms. I don't want... Well, I mean, yeah, no isms, no no ists, no, no bullshit. But at the same time, let me be a player. I mean, yeah. Let me... Let me bring the character that I've spent, you know, five minutes creating because that's how quickly I end up doing my characters yeah. because I've been doing it for so damn long. 
But let me take the characters I created and do things with them. And make them actual more than just characters. I mean, come on. We had the death of, was it Pepito? Pepito. Of Pepito, where the players, you you made the Oh, they hated that motherfucker. You made made it so much where all the players hated it so much that when he died, they literally took the the, the paper paper token and burned it. So I ran out of the abyss as my first fifth edition dungeon mastering thing. Yeah, and in there is a set of like sixteen NPCs that the that the party can potentially join up with to help them get out of the game, right. or at least to the surface world. So I gave them um, Eldith, the dwar- the dwarven shield maiden, uh, Bapito, who was a um, rogue. No, no, Bapito was a rogue, but he was a uh, Swerf Neblin rogue. Oh Not yeah, even yeah. Swerf Neblin. No, he was uh, a Darrow rogue. Sorry. Mm. Uh, then you had uh, Stool, the, oh, little, God. the, the, the baby Mykonid, who everybody loved. fell in love with. To the point where we printed, we printed, 3D uh, we three D printed stools, and stools. I painted them. Um, there was Prince Darendel, the Quagoth half prince, yeah, or half elf prince, or so he thought. And there was like one or two others but that we, they died loved, along the way. They love Prince, or we love Prince, prince. Darendel, and Stool became favorites. Yes, Eldith. One of my players tried to make happy time with, with the help of a god. Now they did make happy time, but it was not satisfying for her. But it was not satisfying because he rolled a critical failure, a critical success followed by a critical failure. When you roll a crit to get her in a bed, but you roll a not one to satisfy her. (laughs) It's like yeah, it's like that's you can have fun with that. Like my, they were like, hey, "Hey, I want to try and hi chat, hi new people in chats. So it's like he wanted to try and do it. I'm like. Okay, your god is the party god. Sure, he's down with it. Roll for, you know, whatever. But so, Bapito, I made him so much worse than he is in the book. You had the first time, the first thing I remember about Bapito is that he literally stops, uh, punched someone in the dick. They were getting mouthy with him. And he just coming up to him pow, and punched him. Like, well, right okay, the look. Kisser, but if the kisser was the dick. Okay, look. What had happened was Bapito was set free with the rest of you. Yes. And y'all were giving him shit. Y'all kept giving him some shit. I don't remember. Y'all were getting lippy. Well, you don't because you were the little goody goody while everyone else, namely your barbarian, was getting uppity with him. So he punched him in the dick. He did punch him very square in the dick. Then your rogue got lippy and he got punched in the dick. I've never seen (laughs) player. I've been playing since I was 12. (laughs) I have never seen players burn a paper effigy. Yo. Of a character before, so I had death. printed out for the NPCs character tents that had their their picture on one side, on the back side, uh, the the basic stats so that they could use them in the game, right? So that we could basically run them, sort of, kind of. Yeah, they they were like it was like the companions thing. Yeah. You, you had a, a secondary character that traveled with you, and you got to control to an extent, right? And for Bapito, when his ass died, they fucking took his paper tent outside yep. and. Burned it. And didn't someone light a cigar off of the ashes? Yes. Yes. They lit they a did. cigar off of the ashes. I have to look to see. It was the uh, other dragonborn, not Slinky Tail. Yeah. It was uh, Jay. Jay's character did it. And and just literally. I'm <laughs> lit like, a cigar off doing? and was like, yeah. They, they, they were like, and you can almost tell they've been waiting for him to die because that cigar oh, they was wanted just him there. So, so what did I do? I brought his ass back later. You sure did. <laughs> I brought him back from the dead. 
yep. said they had to fight and kill him over again. Except this time, Stronger. they actually had to fight him for reals. Yeah. And they were like, oh, we were hoping it was you. And I'm like, bring it, bitches. They brought well, it. Yeah, they, and then they burned his token again. Yep, sure did. <laughs> and then with Prince Darendel, they ended up naming him Prince. Mm-hmm. As and in just, after the artist formerly known as. as Prince. And next thing you know, something was happening. And next thing you know, the group erupts and singing Purple Rain. Yep. So I made custom equipment for uh, Darendel. Yeah. He had a purple... Uh, trench coat styled armor mm-hmm. with gloves, uh, like gauntlet style weapons. And it, he had, I gave him an attack called Purple Rain of Blows. It was it was so <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> Where he could do like three hits with his uh, gauntlets on. And um, going back to everyone loves stool to the point where, because he was a little baby um, Mykonid. Mm-hmm. So he's like a little bitty mushroom. And so we built a little bitty... Um, backpack that one of the characters would carry him in and he would just kind of just pop up at random moments uh-huh. like, like during, during a fight, fight. during a fight because he had a fight uh, an attack it only did like 1d4 damage yeah but he would but still it like, do it uh it was the cleric uh ethan who kept stool so he had him in his little backpack and he would make his attack turn around so that stool could pop out and do his little punch it was so cute. And then Stool got in danger, <laughs> fell off of a cliff. We're in the no. middle of a, huh? No, that was, that was Darendel that I threw off a cliff. It was Darendel? Yep. Okay. No, Dar- Stool oh, we left was, with his parents. got left with his dad, and then they got the, uh, the, the dream visits of Stool pleading for their help. Yeah. And let me tell you. Baby Mykonids, <laughs> cute as hell. Little like, little walking mushrooms. Adult Mykonids, scary not as so fuck. Much. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's all about like because I took those characters because like the book says that they're this this this. I said fuck that they're this 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 based on the characters' initial reaction, the players' initial reactions to them. Which is always the fun part is gauging. Gauging oh, yeah. and figuring out gauging the who, weird shit I throw at people. Well, yes, engaging how they like it and how it's working. Because if it's not working, then do something dangerous with them and see if they care. Exactly. Because if they don't, then kill them. Who uh-huh. cares? Yeah, pretty much. I will like, say, I'm the campaign that I'm running right now is probably the first. That's a hundred and twenty percent, a hundred original original that I'm doing right now. Um. It's the first time that my that they're, I'm doing um, big machine type deals. Oh, your mechas. Yeah, my big mech, my big mechas, and um, the reaction to these kids who were told, who were basically told, you know, there's no such thing as mechs and stuff like that in D and D, and here I am throwing them in mechs or fighting against some big mechs. Yeah, pretty much. And then in oh, I gotta say this: if you ever DM kids the sweet little innocent quiet little girl that sits in the corner and just rolls her stats she's gonna stab a motherfucker in the face going to be the one that stabs the motherfucker in the face and scares the crap out of you sunday i love this um one of my kids literally she just slipped the third of a cobalt just like snuck up behind him and just slid that slit that throat like it was butter right and then a couple seconds later, her mom called and she literally picked up the phone and answered it. Mom, I just got a cobalt. Aren't you proud of me? And mom was. Because, yeah. you know. Well, I mean, it's like um, 
Christmas 2018 when I did the uh, Krampus one shot. Oh, yeah, that was funny. Where everybody was a level two child. Yep. And the the story of it, the basis of it was that for the past few years, Christmas has been literally bloody. Uh-huh. And people would go missing, taken from their homes, especially children, da 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 setting up the whole Krumpishnacht theme. And the whole point of it in my head was they were to trap Krampus to free Santa. Yes. So what did two of my fucking kids do? Become little murder hobo children of the corn motherfuckers. Well, yes, but those were expected one of from which those I two. expected. No, one I expected, uh. and that was from the older of the two. The other one was the sweet, innocent, quiet little girl who didn't never seem like she wanted to play the oh, game in the that's first place. Right. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, "Well, I'm going to steal this thing." I'm like, "Okay, you're being chased by a town guard." Blah 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 blah. She's running. The other one pulls taut or uh, like trips him up or something. Like finds a way to trip the guard. And she immediately turns around with her dagger and stabs him in the face. Uh, yeah. It's always the I'm quiet I'm like, what ones. the fuck, kid? And then because it was a crit, motherfucker died. <laughs> she straight fucking murked a town guard. I always... And I, had no qualms about it. She thought yeah. it was the best thing ever. I'm like, you need help. But, and the giggle, it's the giggle after they're done, too. I'm like, ooh. Goddamn murder hobos. Freaking J- uh, Michael Myers wannabe motherfuckers. I don't know. I love... As much as people complain and say, you know, they will never DM kids. I don't know. Something about it because you never... An adult, you can Here's kind the thing. of predict. If you dicked. won't DM kids, then you don't understand how to DM in my book. And this is only an opinion. Yeah, my opinion too. Because if you can deal with all the bullshit that an adult will throw at you... Then you can definitely... You can most definitely deal with kids being kids. Because that's all they are. Because there are lots of times where my kids show the sweet innocence that they actually do have to an extent. It's like every now and again you get the little murder hobo. Yeah. Because that's the video games and whatnot. Yeah. And you have to break some habits. Like wanting to loot every little thing. Literally one day one of my kids goes, I want to loot the Yeti. I go, he has he's, he has nothing gone but a loincloth. I want to take the loincloth. If you take the loincloth off of him, he'll be naked. But he's dead. But he's dead. He doesn't need it. I go, do you really want to carry around his stinky loincloth that he has never washed a day since he created it and ripped it off of the animal? Yes. All right, Stinky McStinkerson. Okay. I said, what are you going to do with it? I'm going to wear it like a cloak. <laughs> I go, neither end of that is clean. Yeah, that has been all about his from Mondays. Neither end of that. I was terrified. <laughs> like, like a song, I first made I w- him do a damn constitution saving throw. You know, like the song says, first I was afraid, I was petrified. I mm. really was for them. Mm, that's why you make them do a constitution saving throw. Nope. And then they when they disad- fail it. Nope, they had disadvantage on all stealth checks. Nah, do const- constitution this way. If he fails it, he's got to clap. Oh, see you. There's plenty of diseases in D and D you could have given him. Yeah, I found a list of homebrewed poisons recently, mm-hmm. and had a big bar fight that my kids. J- I was trying to avoid the bar fight, but they would not talk their way out oh, of God, it. No, they're not going to talk their way out. I know your table. Yeah. Um. So I had the um, the pretend monks that were that they were fighting. All had different poisons, and I catered it 
to that kid's specific personality. Like one of them got paranoid and every time he got more and more paranoid, more and more cats appeared on the field. <laughs> and I was pulling out, because um, I carry about three or four pounds of dice with me. So I was pulling out dice and every time I was having him roll a d4 to how many more dice appeared, every time he uh, failed his um, paranoia check. So next thing you know, there's like 30 cats on the field that only he can see. And, and yet you like kids. I love kids. Sounds like you love to torture kids more than I do. So, so I forgot what it was. Sunday, oh, what are you, one of the kid DMs, I turn on my table and I go, guys, am I scary? Because I was trying to, like, we had to give a come to Jesus speech um, to some kids. I go, hmm. guys, am I scary? And my table's like, no. But in unison, they almost all went, but she's intimidating. <laughs> no, see, they know not to mess with me. They know I'm an asshole. Oh, no, my kids know it, too. I've I've plunked tokens off of tables and told kids to go to timeout. Oh, I just started taking hit points. I send the kids to timeout. Nope. Nope, I do. Uh, oh, you're, you're still talking over me. Minus five hit points. Oh, you're still going six, seven, eight. You're done. Ten. You're done. You're almost dead. And they eventually stop. I just sit there until they just stop talking. Well, no, because then that can take forever, and I don't want to waste uh, the kids that actually want to listen and pay attention this time. Yeah. Although so. I will admit, I have one kid, bless him, he's been there forever, and I love him to death. Um, this past week, he tried to eat one of my NPCs that was made of jello, like um, wobbly jello. I'm Chomsky. I'm Chomsky. And um, the Chomsky was, he tried to take a bite out of him, and I had the Chomsky like kick him and I there was no way this this character was just like the Chomsky was too strong so I pulled out my big boy dice my um d50 60 my 60 I pulled out my 60 for his damage and in one swift kick to the shin he got like 37 you told me you kicked him in the nuts Uh -uh. uh-uh you said you kicked him in the nuts oh I want to kick I want to have to kick the kids it's a Chomsky No, it kicked him in the shin. So, there's a story behind the Chomskys. Oh, God. So, we used to be in a Pathfinder game years ago that that was being recorded for podcast to be released uh, on a bi-weekly basis or weekly basis, whatever it was. And in our team, it was myself, Tar, um, uh, two of our friends who were new friends at the time, uh, one who played a frog... Whatever the frog race is in Pathfinder. Grump. Oh, wait, no. No, it's not the Grungs. Uh, who named himself Dennis. But he based the entire character off of um, Frog from Chrono Trigger. Mm-hmm. And then we had the other p- person who was our Scald, who was a gnome Scald named Gnome Chomsky. And we just caught him Tomsky. And in the first outing, we get teleported to this other world. Well, it was a time travel thing, so we get sent back in time. And we come across a pool, and what's the first thing Chomsky does? He goes to drink it. Turns out it's a gelatinous cube. Yep. So he gets sucked into it. And then I later see. on in the game, like this 
gelatinous cube survived and became sentient, blah, 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 and started making clones. A race of Chomskys. There was a race of gelatinous Chomskys. And so, just to, just for my... And they all said, hi, I'm Chomsky. Chomsky. Um, so just because I wanted to give my world a base, I was kind of just pulling because me and me and R were talking and we thought it would be the most funniest thing. We brought in Chomsky a, and Polly, a, a Chomsky who was made of jello and Polly, who was a, um, a sentient humanoid weasel weasel. And as the caretakers of the. Um, uh, or something base world base home base thing and so my little Chomsky has puppets that of his compatriots on his hands and so like I said the kid was like I'm going to eat it kick to the shin down for the count like literally he lost you all don't his mess with the Chomsky don't mess with the Chomskys so yeah it's it's all about fun because the kids yeah. were laughing the kids were and, laughing. I mean, there's nothing wrong with using the books and the modules. Not at Not all. I, lo- I Like, I love playing through the modules. Like, I'm still trying to find a group to play, to run through um, Princess of the Apocalypse. Yeah. In 5th edition. I want to play that. I've wanted to play that campaign since it released. Yeah, you have. But I can't find a group that'll do it. Actually, you could probably more or less finding a DM to run it. Well, no, because then you got to find the people to play in it, too, that True. aren't going to be assholes. True. Joe has got to start off with the almighty DM. Oh, yeah. You always need a DM. I'm just tired of DMing everything. Yeah. I want to be a player again, goddammit. Yep. I want to be a player. Two years solid of being a DM. It Not- sucks. Well. No, it sucks because I have so much shit I want to get out as a player so I don't hit burnout. Yeah. I will agree with that. And I'm not near burnout because I'm keeping it. <laughs> I am. Because uh, I'm just doing so much in my game and playing so many of different characters. Oh, no. I'm, I'm, I've been so close to burnout for a while. I, I wouldn't say that I'm close to burnout. And I might be and just not know that I'm close to burnout because that's always something that's me. Yeah, true. Is I just don't know my limitations until I crack. Yeah. Which is just how I roll, because, you know. It's how you roll when it's not your ankles? Well, I can't roll my ankles anymore. Yeah, you can. Oh. I don't know. Like I said, D&D is my life. I love it. Everyone, it's it's so funny. So, um, everyone knows that I, I have a day job. Yep. Um. Recently, I got promoted. Which is, yay! I got a promotion. So we had to bring in someone to replace me. And we were talking and just randomly talking. And actually we were, she was like, well, what do you do on the weekends? And I was like, well, Sundays I teach kids how to play D&D. And her eyes just lit up like, like no tomorrow. And I was like, why? Or she goes, we bought everything for my son to play D&D, but he has no one to play D&D with. And so I ended up having to make seven fucking characters over the weekend. Well, at once still no no still it was great you didn't have to do it nope because i have my table set yeah you also never had i'm the only one that ever has to deal with character creation on that scale on that scale i'm the only one that has to deal with it i've done 
my whole have, week in my he, table. No, you haven't done, and not at the same fucking time. You haven't do, had to do no seven plus. No, I did all ten of my care kids at one time. No. Yeah, when I restarted this campaign. That's different. They're not new characters. They know how to, for the most part, get their character done. No. Yeah. The only one who really did was... was um. No, they all know more than you think. I mean, I've done five or six character sheets in a day. I mean, I've done it. But I also always keep my laptop with me and, and use um more purple one better. Yeah, the sheet that they can't alter themselves. They can write on it after it's printed. Yeah, after it's printed, but then they also don't go through having to know their stuff because they're not writing it down. You're doing it for them. That's we, different. We go over it and I, we end. See, no, see, going over it and doing it on the MBMP sheet is not the same as having them go through the book, find their shit, write it down, and then explain to them why it's there. You're, you use the program. It just does it for them so they don't have to learn how to do their fucking sheets. No, because after the first one, they have to do their own. Not if you you just said you you do their character sheets. No, 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 not all the time. No, no, no. The first... What you literally just said is that when you restarted your table, you did everybody's sheets. Right. We sat there and we researched it and we did everything. We just put it in the computer so that they didn't have to handwrite anything. I did everyone individually. Yeah, you ju- so you just contradicted yourself. I'm sorry, I mispronounced, I misspoke, but we literally... I No, did- you just said the kids do their own sheet. And then when I point out, you just said you do their sheets for them, and you did it when you restarted your table. You said, no, I did it for them. No, on no. On the sheets. So that they don't have to write it. No, no, no. Which is them not doing their sheet. The only thing they don't do is handwrite it. Which is them not doing their sheet. But they're still making all the decisions. Just because they make the decisions doesn't mean they know what the fuck is on the sheet because they're not the ones writing it. You're doing the work. I don't. I don't. You're giving them option A, B, or C. They say A, B, or C. You put it in the sheet. Right, because they're still going to have A, B, or C no matter what. Yes, but if they're not the ones writing it down, they're not the ones committing it to memory. Said they don't know their character inside and out like they're supposed to. So we have differing. My kids know their characters. I guarantee you, if you ask them anything about their character, they're going to have to dig for it on their sheet. Because I guarantee they have abilities and features they don't even know that they have to use. can guarantee it. But that's for most characters. No, it's not so much when you force them to keep doing it on their own sheet. My kids are good. Not saying your kids aren't good. I'm just saying that your kids are going to have an issue when it comes to finding things on the cool things that they can do as they level up. Because they're not doing it for themselves. I disagree. No, you may disagree, but... Oh, I disagree, because I... I... Uh, Okay, well, I know when I was doing all their sheets for them, they didn't know dick about their characters. And I did the same thing you did, with the same sheets, and they didn't know dick. Now that I've forced everyone to do their own sheets, guess what? They know their stuff. And if they don't, they know where to look in the book to find it. Like I said... I, I I disagree because I disagree for a couple of reasons, knowing the capabilities of my kids as well as their particular mental capabilities. It turns out better that it's we typed both, on their sheets. Yeah. Where they can read it in their I understand I understand what you're saying. Not if you're arguing it against me, like I don't know this like I don't deal with the same types of kids. No no, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I'm just I'm just saying that 
for my kids with their, but some of them will have one kid that can't write well. I just have two kids that can't write well. So having it there and having them being able to actually read it gives them the better opportunity to do it, which they still use everything. And it's fine to help them write things out. But when you literally do their sheet for them, when they get to level 7, 8, 9, 10, and they start getting the advanced abilities, they're not going to get it. They're going to forget they have it. I know because I've dealt with the same type of kids who when they got to that level, they didn't know shit about what they were supposed to have. And that was with me going over their sheets with them. And like I said, it's just it's about... Like I said, we're not going to agree on the subject. We're not going to agree on the subject at all. Because it's not like I'm up doing all of their levels for them. Then how are they getting all their advanced abilities written in if you're not doing it? Talking with them? Keeping open communication? Hey, let's do your character sheet. Let's look at the book and see what you have. Going over everything in the yeah, book. no shit. But if the, you just said you don't do their sheets for them after the first level, but then... How are they getting, how are they putting in their new abilities then? On a secondary page? So you make them handwrite the stuff, even though you just said that they can't read their handwriting for in certain cases. It depends on the kid, I guess, in the end. There you go with the contradicting yourself again. Oh, I'm sorry that, I, that, you, that I'm contradicting myself. It just, it's a de- kid-dependent thing. Each kid has their own thing. I know that. But you're trying to to say that I'm wrong and I don't understand it while saying that I do understand it and you're arguing it when I do understand it. But then you're saying I your exact words are I don't do this. And then immediately I do this. I help my kids with the program. It is helpful. That's but they have to read the book. And pick everything themselves. Yeah, no shit. So what's the problem? I'm saying, fine, whatever. The problem is doing it for them. Not forcing them to write their own sheets out. Granted, if they have trouble reading their handwriting, fine. Help them with writing things out. Help them with shorthand. But having everything done through the program, even though you have them look at the book, is detrimental long term to them understanding the fucking book and how to do their character. That's what I'm saying. I get what you're saying. But then you say, no, that's not it. And then immediately in the next breath say, yeah, that's it. I get what you're saying. I get where you're coming from. On my particular experience with my particular table, it doesn't work like that. So we just have differing tables, even though we have the same kind of tables. What? Did I say? Wow, you really got angry at me. I got angry because you kept contradicting yourself trying to tell me that I didn't understand what the fuck was going on. So now we have a whole like fucking 10 minute argument thing full of dead air because you don't want to move to another fucking topic. Okay. So, um, funny thing. So I've been playing D&D for a really long time. Super, super long time. Probably since I was a little kid. Actually, since I was a little kid, I actually learned how to play D&D. Um, Mainly, actually, I learned to play D&D through my church, which is a really funny, which is a very funny thing to learn how to play D&D in the 90s at a church during this whole satanic panic thing when 
that's kind of what they weren't supposed to be doing or teaching or all that kind of stuff. I still to this day don't know if it was because the minister dude who wanted to play or who taught us how to play wanted to play D&D and this was the only way that he could do it or what. I, I don't know. But we were all clerics and the whole point was everyone else, we... We were hitting them with the word of God and the Bible and Bible verses. And it was a way to memorize Bible verses and all that kind of stuff. It was random. It was weird. But it got me into D&D. And it's something that stuck with me way past religion. Which is always fun. So I don't know. Um, that was always cool. Um, and then I migrated from um, D&D to, um, I guess, a chat roomy type. Uh, chat room and video gaming RPG type games just because um, I like being more descriptive. I played a Star Trek game every Monday with the same people for I think like eight or nine years which was really really weird because it wasn't so much that it was normal gaming but um, just you know my people getting together and trying to be dorky and having situations and this and that and the other for it but um yeah as long as yeah as long as most people have known me that I've been playing D&D for a really long time or some type of role playing game and using that to kind of um write characters and write stories and novels and ideas and situations and characters and people and trying to trying to be creative and trying to be a writer sometimes it doesn't really matter um but in the end, it's it's all been fun in games, though. So that's been my fun experience with it, though. Using it as a writer, mainly wanting to use it as a writer. I uh, found trying to use it for writing does not work well for most people. Oh, see, I've just always like using it. I've always been able to flesh out my characters, thinking if I can become them and play them in games. Yeah, fleshing them out is one thing, but. It's trying to write your story based on the fact that you that you do D and D or whatnot. Just for the most part, doesn't work well because the the settings, not so much the settings, but the rule sets and all that make it. They kind of lock your brain into thinking like a game instead of thinking like a fantasy adventure. Yeah, I can see. I can totally see that too. Like I said, for me, it was more trying to figure out characters and how they would react to situations so that I could rewrite it or write the situations in other ways. Yeah. I don't know. With D&D, it's life. It can be. Well, it's one of our main pa- main pastimes. Well, only because we can't trust other people to teach the kids right at where we, where we do the program. True, it does take a special person to teach kids how to play D&D. No, it takes not being an asshole to teach kids how to play D&D. Yeah. Like, the people we took over from oh. were fucking assholes. They did not care. No. And, I mean, if they hear it and they feel called out, well, I mean, that's on them. Yeah. But you don't treat kids like fucking idiots in D&D. You have to give things a purpose, too. Like, I remember the one situation where it was... um. What was it a whole bunch of potions? So there was two situations that made me drop my son our Sunday game. True. To yes, do this. right. I was DMing a Sunday game. So 
we go in and we I was just we we're I was just doing it alternating Sundays just to help out at first. Yeah. And I go in and they never knew what the fuck was being run. They gave the kids stupid ass quirks like this one kid and like he stopped oh. coming for a while and he still doesn't really come back consistently. He told them that he had a flaw where he had to stop at random intervals throughout the day and just sit in one spot and eat meat. Pork. Pork. Yeah, he had a pork, pork addiction. Um, and I'm like, well, that's just fucking stupid. Yeah. Then he gave uh, one of the kids a suit of plate mail, which, okay, cool, full plate, whatever. Yeah, good AC. But it's, it was a suit of plate mail that will heal you of to full health and cure all ailments, regenerate limbs, whatever, all that jazz. If Only. he stay if he stood in lava for twenty four hours, but it had no protection from the lava, so it was a fucking useless item. Mm-hmm. And then there was a whole bunch of potions. Then yeah, there was like he get, they gave him like a dozen potions, and I go, well, what I are go they? in, I go, okay, so what are they? So I know what they have, and he goes, oh, I don't know. I'm like, you fucking gave them to him. How do you not fucking know what you gave the kids? Yeah, he's like, uh, I don't know. I just. Just gave him some potions that were all dusty and whatnot. Whatever they'd want him to be, that's what they're. I'm like, no, that's not how you do the no, fucking so that's game. That's not how it works. So we had to, we actually had to unteach a lot of bad habits. Oh, yeah. And unteaching bad habits is hard. Is hard. It really is. It's almost as bad bad as getting kids to, to not want to loot everything. No, I'd say it's easier to break them from video game habits. Yeah. Because, and I will yeah. say, I will say, thinking more about it sometimes is I'm not good about doing all kinds of checks. I'll have my kids do stealth checks, perception checks. I do need to have them run more arcana, more history well, checks. Well, you don't give them things that require it. No, that, and that's on me. I need to work that in more. Like my kids, they always want to run those checks because they don't know what the hell anything is. And I'm not going to tell them unless they make a check. Yeah. And that's no matter what table I'm running. True. Like I said, and that's on me in my story, in my particular storytelling is I go way big. Too big. Yeah, big, too big. big. I go big, big. Because I'm- you present them everything and they don't have to check for anything. They don't have to guess on anything. And and when they do guess, I have them roll different things. Which again is teaching them a bad habit. Eh. No, it's not a, yeah, that's a bad habit to teach them. And if they go to a different table, they're going to expect to have to run checks like you have them check, and it's not the right checks. Well, no, because they do do that, but it's, I just don't do enough. Like I said, I just don't do enough of the checks. I don't do enough history that's checks. I'm going to have you listen back to this to see how many times you contradict yourself in the following breath. My bad. Like I said, it's it's it's... I like I started off saying is I just don't have them do enough checks for a lot of stuff, and I know like I said, and it's all on me because I I give them too many details. Yep, you're falling into the trap of too much storytelling, not enough letting them do shit. Yeah, like they do a lot at your table. I'm not saying they don't. Yeah, I'm just saying when you're presenting your worlds and your areas, you give them all the information up front. Oh yeah, and I do have like I said, I do have a big tendency, and I've backed off of it a lot. Um, and then have to ramp back into it some when my kids get stumped because that's well. Notice when you have them run the appropriate check and then give them the info. Yeah, that's what the checks are for. I also need to do more traps. I know I follow too. I don't do enough. Eh, fun traps, traps are hit, take it or leave it. 
Like I said, I had a lot of fun when they were all poisoned and they all had different poisons and one of them was like a truth serum. One of them made them paranoid and all that kind of stuff. That was fun. That was hilarious, actually. I don't know. D&D. Yep. Something for everybody. It's just about fitting everybody in. Yep, finding where you fit in. But everyone can fit in because it's D&D. Well, that, as much as I want to agree with that statement, I can't. How? Because it's not for everyone. Mm. I can it's see where just some people. Not. I can see where some people wouldn't like it because, like, you for don't instance, have- your pastor who initially got you into it, it wasn't for him. He was using it as a way to convert. Yeah. Which is a perversion of the game itself. Right. Which, I like I said, to this day, I don't know if it's because he really wanted to play, but the church no. showed him no, and he was just using it as a No, no. If he was using it as a, you're all cleric spreading the word of God, then he didn't want to play. He wanted to take something that was popular and turn it into a, a means of spreading the word. It's so funny. I that we talk about that because I just um, listened to a couple other podcasts about stuff but yeah what huh about what oh the um the big four part thing for Rhett and Link okay. where they talked about um when they were missionaries oh yeah I don't care about that and um it just reminded me of that of my D&D experience of me um the top couple they they were talking about a conference that i actually went to um once or twice and they're talking about um different ways of ministry and all that kind of stuff and it's a yeah weird conversation about bathrooms and which has nothing to do with D &D. is it off topic how is that an off topic of D D? it isn't it's one of my side side thoughts What? What? This has been Trollcast Unknown. I'm our troll. I'm Tartarl. And we will catch you next time. Bye.